Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. Today is Thursday, April 22nd. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've done an episode. Uh, we have been doing, well, we were doing the live episodes with Nate and Nick and Demetrius and Rob. Uh, that kind of fell by the wayside here over the last couple of weeks because Nate is involved in his Battle of the Sexes championships. God, it sounds like something you would have seen on network TV 20 years ago, but I date myself. So, yep, we've been away, but Nate has his event down to 12, and I believe we're going to be doing another live show, maybe even still this week, but you're going to be hearing this if you if you listen to it the day it drops. You'll be hearing it on April 22nd. My interview for this show is the winner of the Championship League Pool event from Matchroom, Albin Ushan. Albin talks about the event. He talks about COVID, uh, you know, how, how he dealt with that whole thing. We'll get to that. A uh, little bit of news before we get into that interview. If anyone was not sure in the past, Sky Woodward is still the king of the bar box. Sky defeated Dennis Orcoyo 150 to 145 over three days of bar box 10 ball. Uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of drama. I This was the first major... Uh, challenge match like this that I watched beginning to end and it was it was worth the time you know it was it was 20 hours of watching pool 20 hours of watching great pool it was interesting to see how the match ebbed and flowed and how both players had their positives and their negatives and and you know there was really a lot to it it, it you know we've always known that gambling is so much different than tournament play but gambling in a match like this is so much different than, you know, let's race to nine and if I lose, I'll just throw another barrel at you and, and we'll do it again. You know, this was, this was long stretches of pool. So that was over three days. We've got other, not as long stretches of pool, but we've got some other challenge matches coming up here in the news. Uh, 24th and 25th, which is this weekend, Sky will be back at it, not on a bar table this time. He is going to face Billy Thorpe on the 2019 Moscone Cup main event table that is located at the Orioles Nest 147 in Newmanstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, LBS Championship Pool is putting this event on. I will include a link in the show notes to where you can go. It's a really affordable pay-per-view. I believe it's $3.99 per day. So you're in for less than 10 bucks. You get two days of, you know, let's face it, two of the top American players. I don't think anybody can argue that Billy and Sky's names would both be in the top five. I think they would have an argument saying that Billy and Sky are in the top three. So, you know, it's going to be a great match. Now, these guys will be teammates at World Cup of Pool, but they'll be facing each other again this weekend. Uh, 24th, 25th, LBS Championship Pool. Another big challenge match that was announced was Chip Compton and Tony Chohan are going to go back at it. That'll be May 14th, 15th, and 16th at Buffalo Billiards. You can go to omegabilliards.com to purchase the pay-per-view. I don't know what that one's going to run. Uh, Chip was getting weight last time, small amount of weight, and beat Tony. So this one is even. It's a race to seven across three days. So when one player gets nine each day, 
uh, they'll stop for the day. Again, that's probably going to be 20 plus one pocket, uh, 25, 30 hours of one pocket over three days. So again, that's Omega Billiards, Chohan and Compton. The flyer for this one says 50,000 in the middle, and, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it at all. I referenced Nate's Battle of the Sexes Championship, which will be played next week. He played groups, uh, ladies playing Ghost 9-ball, uh, guys playing against the Ghost 10-ball. He's down to 12 players. Ina Kaplan, Kelly Fisher, the winner of that one, plays Jorn Kaplan. That could be interesting to see who ends up on the couch after that one, if, if Kelly cooperates, so to speak. Uh, Dennis Grabe and Misko Forchunsky with the winner facing Roman Hibbler. Margaret Fefalova, Yuki Hiraguchi, and the winner plays Elijah Alvarez. That's the young kid that everyone's oohing and on about. And in the final, or, or the bottom of the bracket, Pia Filler and Ivan Muluto. I'm sure I screwed that up. Uh, and the winner will face Tyler Steyer. I think I pronounced that one right. So again, that's the Arcadia Virtual Ghost Battle of the Sexes. That's on the, the Cue It Up Network Facebook page. Nate's putting that one on. Nate's got a ton of raffles going on, a ton of ways you can get involved in that one. So you don't want to miss it. As for this show, again, my interview was Albin Ushan. I uh, had a chance to talk to Albin last week, and you know we talked about we talked about Championship League Pool for the most part of it. He had a he had a brutal event, and it all turned out to be okay because he won the event. But he played six days where he made it into the final group of four, all but one of those days but didn't make it into, you know, didn't win the final day's match until that sixth day. And he had ups and downs, and he had some moments that he's probably not real proud of. We talk about that. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, like we were talking about the Sky and Dennis thing and, and the, the ebbs and flows. And, you know, this was kind of a similar thing, just in a tournament format, where he had the ebbs and flows of, of getting to the finals one day and coming up just a little short and, and you know, that sort of thing. So again, um, that's this week's interview. Without any further ado, I give you Albin Ushan. All right, very proud now to be joined by the Championship League Pool Champion, Albin Ushan. Albin, how are things? Uh, great. Um, uh... The, the week uh, was incredible at the Championship League. I'm glad to be back home and, uh, of course, hi to everybody, first of all, and uh, it's nice to be here. Was that the first real head-to-head tournament that you'd been in since the, the little exhibition thing you did with Jasmine and Max? Uh, well, of course, uh, you have singles matches at the Moscone Cup, but uh, it counts as a team event, of course. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the exhibition stuff with my sister and Max was uh, a little bit more for fun, you know, for TV. It was like a little show, I would say. So actually the last head-to-head singles event was uh, Las Vegas in March 2020. And that was kind of when everything was hitting. Were you, you were in the midst of that. Did you rush back home or, or how did you handle that? Uh, it was quite a strange feeling, I would say. Um, it all started, we knew in, I think, Europe uh, got hit first. 
some countries got hit pretty bad, like Spain and Denmark, and so they closed down the the borders uh, during the event already. So uh, some players, like the Spanish guys and Niels, went back home immediately. So, um, but uh, all the Asian players, the American players, and some of the Europeans were staying there and saying, "Okay, if it's going to happen, the World Ten Ball, then we're going to play for sure." But uh, things got worse and worse every day, and uh, we watched uh, the news every day for many, many hours, and. Uh, the only thing we knew was that America didn't test much uh, in March. So they only had a few cases and uh, that was actually the big problem. But then I think it was like the 10th of March or maybe 12th, I don't know, the first hotel in the first hotel, I don't know which one it was, maybe MGM or something uh, got closed down because uh, one of the workers there got infected so and then like one day later the next hotel shut down so um it got like i said worse and worse every day so it was just a matter of time until uh kareem from predator said okay we're gonna cancel the world championship so everyone can go home did you have any problems getting back home um no not really uh because back then all flights were pretty normal. I would say like 80% of the flights uh, were were going uh, to Europe. So um, only a few flights got canceled, but uh, it was no big problem. And then you were kind of, you know, for the most part, a year, were you just, I mean, were you stuck working with Jasmine or, or were you were you just working on your own? Or I mean, how do you keep... How do you keep up an A game while you're dealing with all that? Um, I would say the first couple of months were very hard. Uh, I mean, the, actually, when I, I came back home on this 17th of March, and on 16th, Austria went into a full lockdown. So uh, there was no chance for me to practice because everyone was closed, even our academy. And I think after four weeks or something, we got a special agreement that we're allowed to practice. So we were actually happy, you know, to do something. But uh, I, I came here to the academy and tried to play some pool. And I remember the first three, four times I played maybe like 15 minutes. And I said to myself, what am I doing here? And, and for what? And what should I practice? And uh, should I maybe finally just relax at home and spend time with the family and then enjoy the time, you know, being home finally after so many years of traveling. So the first time I think I played or had some nice practice was like after three months. So it was like June. And then of course I practiced with, uh, with my sister a little bit, but also did some drills. Uh, we, already started i think in july maybe something like that with the first zoom meetings with alex Laley for moscone cup because he picked uh, like a bigger team you know and then picked out the players for moscone cup so yeah uh, i did practice a lot actually after i think july or something but uh there was still, you know, we had no clue what's going on in the future. How long will it take until the first event will start? So it was a strange time. 
And you talk about the first opportunity that you'd had in quite some time to to relax and not have to think about the next tournament. I mean, you've been playing playing as a pro for for close to twenty years, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, playing already since I'm I'm six. So I started <laughs> when I was six. I played the first tournaments when I was like eight or nine. I won the first uh, man tournament in my. Uh, in my state when I was 10, I was first time European champion with 11. So um, I had no clue how it is to be one year, you know, at home. I think the last time that it was that case was like when I was, I don't know, maybe 15 or something, um, because there were always tournaments, you know, in my state or in Austria or even playing the Euro Tour, it doesn't matter which one. So uh, it was uh, it was really really hard to to believe what's going on in the world. So, for an average an average tournament year, what's the longest period of time that you really get to sit home and not have to concentrate on the next tournament? Well, really sit home and uh, not even playing pool. I think it's about maybe two weeks or something. But uh, like uh, the maximum just sitting at home during tournaments is, I think the maximum is maybe a month or maybe a little bit more than a month, like in summertime. I had done an interview and we're talking about, you know, when you had first gotten started, I had done an interview with Jasmine. She had come over and, and played in the amateur WPBA event. And at the time, you know, she was the big story and it was kind of just a side story. Oh, well, her brother plays pool too. And I remember her saying that you weren't sure at that time if being a professional pool player is really what you wanted to do. How does, I mean, you obviously had the talent. So what goes into a decision like that? Um, well, the, the problem was, uh, the, the biggest problems I had when I was like 16 to 18, because uh, I grew, yeah, pretty fast. I got taller and taller, but never changed my technique. So, uh, it got worse. I, I couldn't make long pots anymore. And, uh, I was feeling actually very horrible and I was already, looking for a job and maybe stop playing pool because um, I just got punished at every tournament. Uh, it was really horrible for two years. And then I started to work um, with a guy from the Federation and he gave me some, some tips about technique and I changed it a little bit and actually it got better and better almost every day and uh, that uh, saved my career, I would say. And the rest, they say, is history. Um, you had a World Nine Ball Championship. Uh, you'd won a European 14-1 Championship. Uh, World Cup of Pool twice. China Open, Moscone Cup. My first time was in Vegas 2015. Uh, that was my first year, and that was world number one after winning the China Open. And then also 16. I won and then I played again in 18, yeah, 18 and 20. What was different about, I mean, aside, of course, from the preparation and, and having to, to hold your team meetings via Zoom, uh, you know, what was different about last year's 
European Moscone Cup than you think the last couple of years? Oh, well, pretty much everything. I mean, it was uh, it was awesome to have a tournament finally, but uh, we all knew if someone can make a tournament, then it's probably Metroom. Um, and they did a great job uh, with uh, with all the COVID crisis. Uh, we got picked up by the by the airport. Uh, we had to test and then wait in the room if it's negative, of course. And then uh, we have to stay inside the bubble for uh, actually every day. We we uh, only were allowed to to be in, on our floor and in the arena and in a practice room. We couldn't uh, really get out of the hotel and do something, just walk around the stadium a little bit. So it was a strange feeling, but I think we were all glad to be there. And of course, it's it was not the same. I mean, even with the, with the spectators there, I think they actually wanted to have like three and a half thousand or something. And if you have played in a Moscone Cup, doesn't matter if it was 500 people or a thousand or 2000, it's such an incredible feeling to play in front of the crowd and get cheered on. Because in my opinion, and I only can talk to, for myself, it feels like they, when they scream and everything, it's like they, they help you to, to cross the line and get better every day. So that was, I was missing the most because I felt like a little bit, I don't know, tired or something because when the, the spectators cheer and scream and whatever, it just, you get goosebumps and it bumps you up so much. And, and you also didn't have uh, spectators for the championship league events. Did that, yeah. did, did it feel a little off there without spectators? I mean, Certainly, you've played in in major tournaments before that didn't have spectators or didn't have screaming spectators. But well, I think uh, we got a little bit used to it um, that uh, there are no big crowds allowed anymore after one year. And uh, I think Moscone Cup is just a special event where you know there are so many spectators. All the other events, if you look at Whirlpool Masters, you have maybe have like. 50 people watching there or something. So it's not a huge crowd. But uh, to be honest, I didn't really care um, if there are spectators at the Championship League pool, but uh, it was still a great event. It, that had to be a one-of-a-kind event. I mean, you've, you've grinded through events before, I'm sure, but <laughs> that was a whole different level of grind. I was actually impressed uh, by myself um, I, I couldn't believe what I, what I did there because I never played so much pool in my life before um, I played five six hours when I was like 12 or something per day but uh, you know there was just practicing and there it's it's a high class pool for uh, seven or eight straight days so and uh, I went through every stage of emotions and uh, it was incredible achievement, I think, and probably the, the best I ever played in my career. Have you, I mean, we could all see because we haven't had pool to watch in so long. You know, I, I think a lot of us were, were watching like every moment and we could see the frustrations that you were going through. Have you ever experienced frustration at that level before in a in a major event yeah definitely i was uh 
quite a yeah how do you say um uh a bad guy i would say uh, i was always a little bit frustrated when things didn't go my way in pool especially in nine ball where uh, luck is such a big factor and uh at the euro tour i had many many bad moments i would say where i just throw my cue in into the to the table or whatever and i uh, got uh, frustrated very quickly at some point but uh, the problem there was the first day i was so close to the goal and uh, when i lost the match it felt like i worked 13 hours for absolutely nothing you know and uh, that uh, hit me pretty hard uh, i didn't sleep all night um, i was a little bit upset the next day and also of course a little bit mad about myself and uh, about uh, how i lost the match and uh, then some situations didn't go my way on the second day and then everything came together and uh, i just exploded and we saw the 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 apology that you posted on facebook you know saying kind of kind of apologizing for your actions and 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 taking responsibility for them um you know what goes into a decision like that because a lot of pool players the reason i ask the question is because a lot of pool players wouldn't do that they would just you know that's the way it is and and it it's nobody else's business well i think uh, many players were shocked uh when they when they saw me like that um to be honest i watched a video uh, i think there was one video on facebook or something of a match from the second day and i watched it and i watched a little bit of the comments and about how my behavior was and uh, i was also shocked about myself and actually a little bit uh yeah upset of course um, that i reacted in that way and uh so for me the the first thing that came to my mind was i have to apologize for my behavior uh, because uh, everyone like or many people gave me the nickname nickname like the Iceman or something and uh because that's what i'm uh, i used to be you know at world cup of pool or world championships or moscone cup and uh but uh, that was a different person on the second day do you think that making that apology allowed you do you think it helped you get through the frustrations you know was it did it allow you to to turn a corner and maybe you know come back with a a fresher look on things uh yeah definitely uh, uh actually after i read all those messages and comments on the video it was like a little uh, kick uh yeah actually a, or a wake up call i would say that uh, i have to play maybe five more days for that long so uh, that was like uh, a strange feeling uh, i was sitting in the room and i talked to myself a little bit uh, that probably was strange for the, for the neighbor and <laughs> i said to myself okay you you have two options uh, you can give up and go back home on the third day or you just keep on fight, fighting and grinding and uh, try it every day from the beginning uh, because hopefully <laughs> you play another 13 hours the next day and maybe hopefully you play another 13 hours the fourth day and so on and so on so uh 
it was crazy. So I think everyone saw that uh, after the, the loss on the third day, the fourth day, fifth day, of course, some frustration came up at some point. But I think that's just human. Um, you know, I cannot swallow everything just down for five days and sit there and, and say to myself, yeah, it's cool. I'll try tomorrow again, you know, without being a little a little bit uh, frustrated or upset, you know, it's uh, that's not me. I know at least personally, when I looked at the lineup for the first day, uh, your name was was immediately on my list. Okay, they're going to make the final day. There's no question. Now, certainly you didn't think going in, well, this is a slam dunk. Of course, I make the final day. But you had to feel you were a favorite. Was there a time after three or four days where you started thinking, wait a minute, maybe I don't make the final day here? Uh, of course. I mean, after like uh, four or five days, I was uh, saying to myself, what if uh, you won't qualify? Uh, because now you had already like five chances and uh, you couldn't make it. And you played already 30, 40 matches. You're exhausted. You're a little bit frustrated. So uh, what's, what's the plan B? You know, um, I had no clue about that. I just knew I have to fight and grind every day for many, many hours. And hopefully, uh, yeah, uh, I, can, I can make it, you know, with the, I, I made it on the, on the sixth day into the final. I won the group. I also won the group on the fifth day uh, and then lost to, I think, Oi in the semifinal. Uh, I was, again, a little bit frustrated and thought, oh, come on, please, maybe tomorrow, please. I don't want to play everyday group, you know. And uh, then on the sixth day, I, I played very, very good the whole day. Of course, some some errors, but uh, that's normal, I would say, at that stage of level. And uh, I played really, really good in the semifinal and final. And uh, I said I was never... I'm sorry to for to Alex Kazakis, but I was never ever so happy that someone scratched with the cue ball or missed the ball like in the final against Alex because the only thing I didn't want was like a hill hill match. You finally did make it through to the final day on on day six of the event. So you had day seven off. Did you hit balls? Did you think about pool, or did you just try to get away from it for a day? No, I did absolutely nothing. Uh, I just finally slept uh, more hours because uh, I needed some uh, from the previous night. Uh, I just uh, relaxed. My sister was there. My manager was there. We, I had a nice run, uh, a few kilometers, and uh, just away from the table. Of course, I, I watched a little bit, and I also did a commentary on one match, but... Uh, the only thing I did want was going down to, to practice. And speaking of, of your sister being there, she did commentary a little bit on day six. And I remember her doing at least one of your matches. And there was a time when it was late in the day and, and you weren't sure what you had to do. I mean, how much were you guys looking at the leaderboard and trying to figure out what the scenarios were and, and I have to win by this many racks or, or that? Um, before the match, I knew that uh, if I win two, no, sorry. If I win three racks 
and oi loses, then I'm through. That was the only thing I knew. Um, then uh, we heard, because it was uh, the other table, that uh, David broke and it was dry. He didn't make a ball on the break. Because we also knew that Oi was playing because he's always coughing when he's playing. <laughs> and uh, it was 4-2. It was and uh, we had a timeout. And Niels went outside, came back. And uh, he was quite upset because he knew he cannot make it anymore. But uh, I knew I have to win. And uh, I didn't play great at that moment. But I knew, okay, now it's all or nothing. And uh, I ran out uh, for 4-3. And then he missed uh, the opening one ball on 4-3. I ran out this one. And then I had an incredible tough shot on 4-4. And I just thought, don't play safety. Don't try anything stupid. You know, Just go for a two ball and, and see where you can land with the cue ball. And it landed perfect. And I ran out, but I wasn't quite sure. Uh, I thought, okay, probably 90% I'm, I'm through, but I was not 100% sure. And, and then what was your mindset going into the final day? Uh, I mean, certainly you weren't, you weren't content just making the final day. I mean, you, you were there to win, but was there any kind of a, a level of relaxation going into that final day? Yeah, I think uh, everyone could see that uh, I was really relaxed in the semifinal and final because that was probably everything I wanted to achieve at that tournament because there were so many great players. And uh, when the semifinal started, I, I thought, okay, you got nothing to lose anymore. You just won an incredible match against Niels to make it to the semifinal. So uh, just just let it happen, you know. Just play your game. Don't think about everything ten times. And uh, that's what I actually did. And I, I think I didn't make a mistake in two matches. Do you think that winning in a format like this has has helped you learn something about your game or or learn something about yourself? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, I, I couldn't believe what I achieved in the end and how I played and how easy the game was for me, actually. Of course, I had some, some weak moments, um, but uh, that was totally okay for me at that point. I played so many hours of, of great pool, and uh, that's for sure something I want to take with me for the or I want to take for the future that I play uh, events like that, like uh, like uh, Derby City Nine Ball, I never played Derby City before, so I think that's something I'm I'm looking forward to play in the in the closer future. So um, yeah, and of course maybe practice different, like much more hours and more more hours of uh, competing with with other players because um, it's quite tough of course also right now but and in uh, even if it would be normal with mario it's like uh, mario and maximilian are like five six hundred kilometers away so that's quite hard to to meet up with them and play but uh, that's for sure something I'm, I'm looking forward to i don't know get joshua here for a weekend and then play like eight to ten hours per day 
you mentioned Mario. You guys have won two World Cup titles together. Do you think that your success in that event is that maybe you play that doubles format better or or do you put it on Mario? Is it just that you play really well with him? Um, I think I can say I play also doubles very good at the Moscone Cup. Um, so I think maybe I'm, I'm just like a good doubles partner because I think all it takes to be a good partner is that you know where you where you at if you are the guy who leads the team or are you the guy and if you're leading the team then also or are you talking with your partner or are you and, and who plays which shots you know because you have some teams where the players don't really discuss uh, what kind of shots uh, is for for which player you know and with me and Mario, it's quite easy right now because I'll play, I'll play the, sa- the defensive game, I'll play the kick shots, I'll play the safeties. He goes for the crazy tough shots. If he doesn't make them, then I will go for them, you know? So we, we switch it. So everyone uh, knows what, what his part is of the game. And that's, I think, the most important thing. And you've got World Cup coming up, you and Mario again. Um, what, what all do you have on your calendar coming up here for the near future? Uh, yeah, of course we, we got the World Cup of pool, uh, the World Pool Masters. We got, um, the world championships in June. Um, we have a Euro tour in the calendar, but I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen because it's in Austria and I know how tough it is to make a tournament right now with the players from over 25 countries or something. I think that's pretty much impossible right now. So I think uh, after June, I have no clue what's next. And then your plans are to come over to the States for the big events that we've got later in the year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I got an email, I think, from uh, Peter Bureaus from the uh, straight pool tournament. Um, I didn't hear about the uh, international nine ball open if that's gonna happen or when it's gonna happen they have the european championships in the calendar pretty much the same time in october with the straight ball tournament of peter bureaus so uh i think it's tough to say right now what's gonna happen in uh four five six months but uh yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we got two or three tournaments in the calendar for the next two or three months. And, and aside from, from just tournaments, you know, aside from, from that sort of thing, you have the academy with Jasmine, right? Yeah. So what's that like? How long have you guys been doing that? Uh, how's that going? Uh, the academy we got now for... Uh eight to ten years i'm not 100 percent sure right now um yeah we we changed a lot in here Uh, first we had the office in here but then changed it to a gym so right now we got the four tables we got the two diamond we got one brunswick we got one chinese eight ball table uh all tables got different cloth um so we can uh, of course practice for different continents and tournaments and uh, we got several different uh, 
ball sets, uh, the the was it the Cyclops, the Aramith, the Predator, uh, <laughs> whatever is coming out, you know. So we are prepared for everything. And what level of of students do you have in the academy? Well, uh, so it, it's a it's a private academy. So it's only for me and my sister. The oh. only yeah, the only guys who can actually practice in here is the youth national team. And uh, we give them practice like five, six times per year uh, for four days each. But uh, all the other days, all the other days is just for me and my sister. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to talk about is I see that Predator has, has put together a deal with you where they where there, there's a line of, of equipment with your name on it. Um, how did that all come together? Uh, well, um, we, had a, we had a discussion with uh, Kareem like three, four years ago. And uh, I think he just uh, was impressed by my achievements and everything. And uh, also of my style, how I uh, close myself, you know, um, how I dress myself. And uh, so he's first, he got uh, in contact with my sister because she also got her own uh, uh, series of two cases. Oh. And uh, then we came together and thought, okay, uh, if we can do something for me. And then we saw the new Urbane case. And uh, he came to me and said, what about this case? What if we change it with your logo and your colors and everything? And I said, of course, I mean, that's uh, that's an honor, of course, um, to to be a representative for for cases with my logo on it and everything. So uh, yeah, it was incredible, nice feeling. Is this something that you guys are still building on, or are you coming out with more than just cases? Or right now, it's only cases. Uh, also, thought it would uh, be nice to combine it with uh, gloves, um, also with the logo on it and the color. Um, but uh, maybe in the future we can maybe create maybe a queue or something that would be incredible to play with your own create, created queue. But uh, we never talked about that till now. So um, we will see what happens. All right. Uh, and the next opportunity that, to, that your fans are going to get to see you is going to be World Cup of Pool. So yes. I will. Yes. I appreciate you taking a little bit of your time today and talking about things. Congratulations no on the big win. Uh, hopefully it's, it's just the first of, of many this year. Hopefully. All right. We will see you soon. Yeah. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, thanks. Bye. All right. That was Albin. Uh, good interview. Albin's always been a good guy. I, I couldn't get over the comment that Jasmine had made years and years ago that Albin wasn't positive he wanted to play pool for a living. And, you know, with all that talent, you know, you, you go to your local pool room and, and you see these young kids, which is a good thing. There's still young kids who want to become professional pool players. You know, you look at what Ra's doing with the, the junior tour and all those kids would love to have the kind of talent that Albin has, not to mention the kind of facilities and training that he has access to. But, you know, it's interesting when you 
when you experience someone who had that level of talent or, or has that level of talent and just wasn't sure he wanted to put it to good use. But I'm glad he did. And, and it's turned out, I would say it's turned out well for him. You know, just looking at titles doesn't necessarily mean it turned out well for someone. You can win all the titles in the world, but if it's not fulfilling you, then it didn't turn out well. But hey, that's a whole nother story, and, and we don't really need to get into mental health issues right now. I appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, I do have an interview lined up for the next one. Again, today is Thursday, the 22nd, and I believe Nate and myself and possibly Rob... Maybe Nick, I don't think Demetrius is available for tomorrow, but I believe we're doing a live Facebook uh, call tomorrow morning. And if you're listening to this after the 22nd, you really don't care what we're doing tomorrow because it's not the 22nd anymore. But either way, I appreciate you listening to the show. I appreciate Alvin Ushan giving us his time for that quick interview. Thanks for listening, and we will be back uh, next week. Interview coming up with Skylar Woodward and Dave. Mr. Bond, I'll never fill your shoes, buddy, but we are always thinking about you. 